From the banks of the Colorado River in Lake Mead to the homes and businesses in Southern Nevada, welcome to Water Smarts, the podcast pumping from the heart of Las Vegas, where we engage with the experts who keep the water flowing throughout Southern Nevada. I'm Bronson Mack. And I'm Crystal Zelke. From how we treat it, deliver it, use it, protect it, and conserve it, the Water Smarts podcast is all about water in Southern Nevada. We hope to make you a little smarter about the one thing that keeps us all connected, water. Hey, Crystal, how you doing? I'm doing good, Bronson. I'm talking to you from my closet. Your closet? <laughs> you know, up until last year, quarantine was just a word in the dictionary to me. And then now we're living it. And I'm not only quarantined to my house, I'm quarantined to my closet to get away from my family and the noise so I can record this podcast with you. So, so you're inside the closet in your home. In other words, you're telling me you're broadcasting from the most exclusive room in the house. The most exclusive room in the house in my closet. Actually, Crystal, I got to confess, that's not my joke. That's a joke I stole from Dana Wagner. I took Channel 3 out to intake number three, and we got to go down 600 feet underground and see the construction. Dana kind of gave me a little elbow, and he goes, Bronson, I think you're about to show me the most exclusive room in Las Vegas. And I just can't help but think that, yeah, intake number three, when it was constructed, was the most exclusive room in Las Vegas. But now, with all of us quarantined in our home, our most exclusive room is that room where we can just get some silence all by ourselves, right? That is for sure. And today, on today's Water Smarts podcast, we've got Doa Ross, who is the Deputy General Manager of Engineering for the Southern Nevada Water Authority. She worked on that intake number three project. She was involved in that project. So we're going to hear from her a little bit about how intake number three and some of the other infrastructure out at Lake Mead is helping ensure that every time you turn on the tap, we meet the demand. Doa, thanks so much for joining us on the Water Smarts podcast. Thank you, Bronson. I think you're probably the only person who can make engineering sound exciting in that intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, Doa, I am rather fortunate in the sense that I got to spend a good chunk of my career working with the engineers at the district and at the authority and even engineers at other municipalities, you know, in the city and the county. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm a little bit of a nerd in that sense that like engineering excites me, but I got to tell you, being able to see all the stuff that you get to work with on a day-to-day basis, the pipes, the pumps, the drawings, the valves, the hydrants, like all this stuff that really keeps the water flowing throughout the valley. I got to say, it is super impressive. And I've been so fortunate to be able to even just have any opportunity to work on that. Why don't you just share with us a little bit, like just top of your head, how does that feel being a part of something like the Las Vegas Valley Water District and Southern Nevada Water Authority? That was actually one of the reasons why I even got into engineering in the first place is I wanted to have a career that would truly help our community, something that would kind of give back and really truly work for the good of of mankind. And in Southern Nevada, really, you can't do anything without water. And being a part of this team, knowing that we're able to take water from a lower elevation and deliver it to the hills within Summerlin and so forth, all of that is engineering. And I'm super proud to be a part of it. So I appreciate your enthusiasm because I know I share it. Well, (laughs) that's fantastic. The thing that you just just brought up there, you know, just in referencing the fact that you really can't do 
anything without water, right? I mean, and here in Southern Nevada, it fuels our economy. It, it allows us to be the community that we are. It allows any community to be what it is. So water is so important. But, you know, one thing we've experienced here in Southern Nevada and actually throughout the entire Colorado River Basin are some pretty significant drought conditions. Drought conditions that have not just come and gone, but have stuck around now for almost two decades. Can you talk a little bit about how the drought has impacted the Southern Nevada Water Authority's ability to provide water to our community? Sure. I mean, if you think about it, we have been in a drought since 2000. For the average student graduating from high school, they have never not lived in a drought in Southern Nevada. So this is impacting us significantly. And and when you look at where we're pulling our water from, uh, Lake Mead itself, the elevation that we've seen, and if you've been here a long time, you might have even known way back in the day when we had to actually release water through the spillways of the dam. We've seen such a drought that the elevation of Lake Mead has already fallen more than 130 feet. And the capacity of Lake Mead, if you think of it, and I've often said this in some of my public speakings, the shape of Lake Mead, if you look at it, it's almost like a martini glass. And if you're enjoying a martini, the first couple sips, your drink's still there. And then all of a sudden, after a couple more sips, your drink drops real fast because the volume left in that martini glass reduces significantly. And that's kind of what we see here. And so for us, we have to have the infrastructure prepared and ready and able to deliver water to our valley, our, our Southern Nevada residents and customers and even tourists continuously in a way that we're not threatened by the drought. We have to be able to look ahead, prepare, and be ready to pass that up. Yeah, I was lucky as a kid to be able to go out to Hoover Dam when the spillover happened. I think I have some photos which are in a box somewhere because who has their photos around anymore? They're all on a computer, but of the water spilling over and just so sad that that was the last time that we got to experience that. And now you go out there and we obviously see the ring around the lake. And it's sad for people who've lived here for a long time to see the lake go down. So Doa, what is the SNWA doing as far as infrastructure to protect our water system? Well, that's a great question and something that we're actually truly very proud about. Uh, If you think about it, back in 2005, we started planning for the infrastructure that would be needed to be able to survive this drought, needed to continue to provide water to Southern Nevada and also to allow Southern Nevada to continue to grow and thrive as it has been so fortunate to do. We set forth to build a third intake, what we call intake number three, and that is at an elevation lower much lower than our first two intakes that we've been traditionally operating. And as the lake levels drop, we want to be able to pull water from such a deep elevation within the lake to know that we can ensure that we still have water, but we'll also have clean water, colder water, a better quality of water, and to be able to survive. That actually was a major undertaking, one of the largest drilling projects in the history of this country. And we drilled deep under Lake Mead and And it's about three miles long. And we were able to complete that and put it into operation in 2015. So intake number three, as you were just referencing there, Doa, did you indicate that that was the largest tunneling project in the U.S. at the time? 
Yes, it was definitely a major undertaking. I mean, if you think about it, we're drilling underneath some of the heaviest, densest geo-earth, if you will, rocks and so forth. We don't have the luxury of GPS. We cannot grab GPS. This entire thing had to be done by old-fashioned surveying, and we had to get to a spot within the lake with a very, very small tolerance of accuracy, and, and we nailed it. And it was one of the most exciting days because it was such a challenging project and very progressive. Definitely something that has been showcased throughout the country and the world because it is something that a lot of a lot of other areas have been able to look to as an example. You actually bring up another good point there because Crystal actually worked on uh, a documentary with regards to intake number three. And that documentary is available on YouTube. In fact, anybody who wants to view that documentary, it's about a half hour, correct, Crystal? It is. It's the half hour and it, it covers seven years of constructing the intake. And yeah, you know, you talk about forward planning and thinking. I mean, all the years that went into it before it happened and then the seven years it took to build it, it was pretty cool to watch happen. It is. So you can find that documentary. You can simply search SNWA Intake 3 documentary or just Intake 3 documentary and it'll be one of the first things that'll come up in your Google search. And to your point, Crystal, that's seven years of underground construction activity underneath Lake Mead, the most challenging tunneling project in the United States or maybe even in the world at that time. And you get to experience it all in 28 minutes just by going to YouTube. That's pretty impressive in and of itself. Hey, Doa, one other uh, question for you. So you got intake number three. You got intake number three now deep within Lake Mead. It's coming up on the bottom of Lake Mead. And so even if Lake Mead's levels continue to drop because of this drought, we still have access to that water supply. But talk to us a little bit about what happens once that water passes through intake number three? How do you get that over to the water treatment plants for it to be delivered into the valley? That's an excellent question because as Sir Isaac Newton will tell you and anybody else can figure it out, water does not flow uphill. So we actually have to pump it. And for anywhere else in the valley, pump stations are part of our normal operation. We have so many throughout the valley to be able to push water continuing on up the hill to wherever in the valley your home or business might be. But we needed to be able to take water from a much lower elevation. And we're talking below elevation 900 feet. And we need to be able to get that up to the two treatment plants that we have. So we then ventured off to design and construct what we call the low lake level pumping station. We loosely call it L3PS. And it is truly one of a kind pumping station. In fact, it includes 34 submersible pumps. And these pumps, when you consider the amount of water that needs to go through them and the total lift, I'm talking elevation that they have to push them up, they are truly the largest submersible pumps in the world. We went out to pumping manufacturers all over. Nobody had ever made something of this size and magnitude before. And we were able to secure 34 of these submersible pumps. All of them have been installed. Each pump can push 30 million gallons of water a day. The total pumping station has a capacity of 900 million gallons of water a day, and that's enough to supply both of our treatment plants combined. And intake number three and that low lake level pumping station working together will give us the capability to pump water even if Lake Mead continues to drop to what we call critically low levels. We'll still be able to provide water to Southern Nevada. 
So intake number three and the low lake level pumping station will ensure that we have access to our water supply going into the future here, even if the drought continues? Absolutely. We have an opportunity to develop partnerships with other Colorado River users. I mean, if you think about it, there is an elevation in Lake Mead that if the water drops below 900 feet, Hoover Dam can no longer take water through it to generate power or to even release water to Arizona, California, and Mexico, the three continued users down the Colorado River. So we have ensured the ability to still receive water, even if we get to a point where that water can no longer make it through Hoover Dam to the downstream users. This was very critical and an absolute decision that we made on purpose to ensure that we have the ability to continue to supply water to Southern Nevada. This is a theme I'm saying, if you've picked up on that. I'm picking up on that theme, Doa. And I got to tell you, I think one of the things I'm seeing here is like, that's it. You're telling me that's what it takes. It takes a tunnel underneath Lake Mead that's 20 plus feet in diameter. It takes a pump station that is capable of pumping the full elevation of the lake. It takes some of the largest submersible pumps known to mankind in order to move water over to our treatment facilities and get that water into the valley. That's it. That's all that it takes in order to get water to this community. (laughs) Am I missing something? Well, I mean, we wouldn't say that's all that it takes. I mean, we obviously all do our secret rain dances and we hope that Mother Nature will bless us in some fashion in the future. But we were very fortunate to be able to provide a solution to this drought with engineering and construction. We are a very fortunate community in that we are actually located along that Colorado River and we're able to be able to pull that from an elevation that will continue to provide water and we can keep doing it even if downstream somehow or another finds themselves a little dry. And I got to kind of joke back a little bit here, because obviously, as I'm saying, that's all it takes. I mean, that is a considerable amount of infrastructure and engineering and ingenuity that has gone into helping ensure that our two million plus residents continue to have the water that they need. Every time they go to the tap, boom, your water agencies in Southern Nevada are meeting that demand. That is really impressive. Do you have thirsty grass? Well, you're in luck. The Southern Nevada Water Authority is giving you cash for your grass. Convert your useless lawn to water smart landscaping and receive a cash rebate from the Southern Nevada Water Authority. Start saving water and money today by visiting snwa.com. SNWA is a not-for-profit water agency. Toa, can you just talk a little bit more about now that we've got this deeper access in Lake Mead with the third intake and the low lake level pumping station, and that protects our access of the Colorado River, but it also creates some opportunities for us for partnerships on the river. We've heard a little bit about that. Can you just kind of expand on that a little bit? How does intake number three, low lake level pumping station, really help us to partner more effectively on the Colorado River? Sure. Obviously, as I mentioned, with the Lake Mead level, if it drops below 900, then the states downstream suddenly find themselves without water. So it is in everyone's best interest to keep the elevation of Lake Mead as high as possible. And now that we have the third intake and the low lake level pump station and the ability to draw water at the full elevation of Lake Mead, it puts us in a unique position to be able to have those discussions about uh, transfers and exchanges where we can partner with an agency and investment in their infrastructure 
in exchange for a share of their water being left for us. And a perfect example of that is we are currently partnering with Metropolitan Water District of Southern California. They're pursuing constructing a major recycling project where they would take their wastewater, treat it to near drinking water standards, inject it into the ground where it gets filtered naturally, and then be able to take that back out for reuse. And by us working with them and saying, if I participate in the cost on that, can in exchange for that, you leave a portion of your shares in Colorado River for Southern Nevada to keep. And that is something that has been approved and we're working with them on that. And it's super exciting because it is an additional resource that is a win-win for both Southern California and Southern Nevada. Wow. So with this project... The Metropolitan Water District is expanding their recycled water because right now their treated wastewater mostly just goes to the ocean. Isn't that correct? That's correct. They are in the opposite elevation situation as we are in Southern Nevada. We are able to treat it and send it out to the treatment plants, get it treated to near drinking water standards, and then release back downstream into the river. They don't have that ability to do return flow credits the way we do. So they're basically creating their own return flow credit system by using their groundwater this way. And then by maximizing this reuse or this recycled water and Southern Nevada investing in that project, we will get a share of water from that project, but we would be able to access it directly from Lake Mead, correct? That's correct. That's really interesting. Is this the same as us investing in a desalination plant? Correct. So again, this would be a trade. Obviously, we would not want to have a desalination plant and then have to pipe that water back to Southern Nevada. The absolute cost for that between just having to, if you can imagine, taking from what is sea level all the way back to our elevation, the amount of pumping and pipes and and power necessary to do that would be insane. So instead, this would be just like that a trade. We would invest in their desal plant so that they would leave a share of their water in Colorado River for us. Wow, that is really interesting. And that makes a lot of sense. So rather than piping and pumping water from the coast to Las Vegas, we would just work out an arrangement where water supplies would be used locally in those coastal areas. We would then get a like amount of water out of Lake Mead. And that really then is a big reason why SNWA was more confident in making those investments in the low lake level pumping station and intake number three. Not only did it secure our access to our existing supplies, but it gives us some leverage to be able to negotiate for additional supplies on the river. That is really interesting. Now, Doa, prior to the low lake level pumping station and intake number three, you know, our community didn't have that full access to the full elevation in Lake Mead. And we had two intakes, and I think those two intakes still exist in Lake Mead, but they were at higher elevations within the lake. Do you think there will ever be a time when intake number one and intake number two end up being used again by SNWA? Well, they certainly can be, but again, that that unfortunately is going to be up to Mother Nature for that one. When the elevation of the lake comes up enough so that we feel that we are able to pull good quality water, then we will continue to use those. In the meantime, we don't need to with the third intake. Well, Doa Ross, Deputy General Manager of Engineering for the Southern Nevada Water Authority, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get just a little bit smarter about water infrastructure. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you. 
Oh, and hey, actually, SNWA just approved some amendments to the major construction and capital plan. I know we didn't get to talk about that. Those are some exciting regional projects that are on the horizon. So we're going to have to have you back in the not too distant future to talk about some of those projects that are helping maintain reliable water delivery for Southern Nevada. Thanks again, Doa. Absolutely. Thank you. The Water Smarts podcast is brought to you by the Southern Nevada Water Authority, which reminds you to follow the mandatory seasonal watering restrictions. You can find your assigned watering days on snwa.com. You also can find landscape tips and rebate coupons to help you save water and save money. Have you ever noticed that right after you wash your car, it seems to rain? Since we don't get much rain here in Southern Nevada, you can just tell how often I wash my car. But I like to use a local WaterSmart car wash when I do wash my car. And the Southern Nevada Water Authority offers car wash coupons on its website. Go to snwa.com to find coupons for more than a dozen car wash companies with multiple locations throughout the valley. The great thing about a WaterSmart car wash is you'll get a clean car and you'll save water. WaterSmart car washes recycle water on site or capture it and send it to wastewater treatment facilities where it can be treated and returned safely to Lake Mead. Make sure the next time you plan to wash your car, you visit snwa.com to find your coupon to a WaterSmart car wash near you. Well, that's it for this episode of WaterSmarts. We hope you subscribe and listen next time. You can send us your questions by emailing us at watersmarts at snwa.com. Or visit us at snwa.com and you can send us a message through our contact page. We'll make sure to get back to you with an answer and we may even use your question on our next podcast. We'll see you next time on Water Smarts.